are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Dolphins fans, and welcome to this Monday, May 24th, 2021 edition of Locked On Dolphins. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, the director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com, managing editor of USA Today's Dolphins Wire, and excited to continue and finish what we started on Friday, which is a look at the Dolphins, how they stack in each position group across the AFC East, and ranking each position group respectively with a point value assigned. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and you can save 15% off your next order by visiting BuiltBar.com and using promo code Locked on. So where we left this conversation at the end of Friday, in which we went through the offensive side of the football, the Buffalo Bills, we did four position groups. We did quarterback, running back, pass catchers, wide receivers and tight ends, and offensive line. The Buffalo Bills left Friday with a lead in the AFC East. They were given a credit for seven points, which means on average they ranked better than second across all of those four position groups across the AFC. The New England Patriots hot on their tail with eight points, courtesy of having the number one ranked running back room and the number one ranked offensive line in the AFC East by the judgment of yours truly. The Dolphins with 10 points hot on both of their tails. And the New York Jets dead last 16 points, finished dead last in all four categories. Uh, The Jets will not finish in last. In the next group of categories, it will not be a clean sweep. Uh, But at the end of today's episode, you will know, based on my judgments, who is position group by position group, including coaches today, because there's only three groups that I'm doing on the defensive side of the football, the best of the AFC East in an aggregate scoring. So offensive side of the football, we went Jets, Patriots, Dolphins, all closely bunched together with different merits for each. I gave the Dolphins a better quarterback situation than the Patriots, and the Bills were really dynamic and really well-rounded all around. Let's start with the defensive line groups, just kind of touching on some notable names for each of the four groups. We'll read through them, and then I'll reveal how I stack these guys up. The Dolphins, Christian Wilkins, Raekwon Davis, an interior duo, Adam Butler, they signed in free agency to bring in from New England, Zach Sealer. Emmanuel Ogba, Andrew Van Ginkle, Jalen Phillips, these are the guys with a presence on the edge of Vince Beagle. The Baltimore Ravens signed Matt Judon, one of their prized free agent signings. Also signed Devon Godchell. Brought him in on an $8 million per year contract. Henry Anderson, Chase Winovich, Kyle Van Noy, Lawrence Guy, Christian Barmore, they drafted in the second round. Uh, Some depth here to work with for the, the New England Patriots. The Buffalo Bills. Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison, their bookend duo, and then they, with their top two picks, drafted Gregory Rousseau and Carlos Boogie Basham, uh, along with a 2020 second-round pick in AJ Epines. It's a young group. On the inside, Vernon Butler, Ed Oliver, Harrison Phillips, star Latula Lele. And then with the New York Jets, Quinn and Williams had a monster finish to the year last year, and the Dolphins found that out the hard way. They placed him twi- played him twice in that stretch, and uh, Williams was a wrecking ball in the middle. They signed Carl Lawson in free agency. They signed Sheldon Rankins in free agency. They brought in Vinnie Curry as well. 
So there's some pieces here for the New York Jets. How do I stack these groups in their entirety? We're talking run defense, pass rush, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, the interesting thing is the Dolphins and the Patriots are cut from the same cloth. They have the same defensive philosophy as far as how they play up front. But the Dolphins, in my opinion, have a more talented group than what the New England Patriots do. You look at the Dolphins, Emmanuel Agba, I think Emmanuel Agba is a better just outside pass rusher than Henry Anderson. Uh, I think he's better than Dietrich Wise. I think he's better than Matt Judon as a pass rusher. All of that adds up. And then obviously the Dolphins add Jalen Phillips to the mix as well. Andrew Van Ginkle as kind of a hybrid type role. And then they're really stout in the middle with Christian Wilkins and Raekwon Davis. Adam Butler is a much better pass rush presence than what you have in Devon Godshall. Now, of course, how quickly the light comes on for Christian Barmore, the, the Patriots can make a push here. I say all that to say stylistically, I look at two teams that play with the same defensive philosophy. I like the Dolphins group better than I like the Patriots group. I think the Buffalo Bills have the worst defensive line in the division, to be completely honest with you. They're fine. They're a serviceable group. Uh, but this group of Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison is... Not an overly imposing group off the outside. Ed Oliver has yet to live up to expectations as far as being a disruptor on the interior. And none of the other guys that they have, Vernon Butler, Star Latula, Lele, or Harrison Phillips, like none of those guys are going to move the needle inside. The question, the big wild card, is where do the Jets slot into this group? Carl Lawson, really dynamic edge rusher they signed in free agency. Sheldon Rankins and Quinton Williams on the interior, that's a really good group. They're missing somebody really dynamic on the other side of Carl Lawson, but Kyle Phillips and John Franklin Myers uh, were productive players for the Jets last year. Vinny Curry is a, a guy who with a hybrid ability. I look at the presence of Quinton Williams, and he's probably the most talented defensive interior or exterior defensive lineman uh, in this division right now. And because of that, I'm going to put the Jets at number two in front of the New England Patriots. So I'm giving the Dolphins from top to bottom. You look at the interior push that they bring in with Adam Butler. Christian Wilkins is physically capable of being an interior push guy. He's not really asked to do it a whole lot. Raquan Davis is a true nose tackle and what he brings. Jalen Phillips and Emmanuel Agba is your, your one-two punch duo is pass rushers plus Andrew Van Ginkle in a hybrid role. I think he is, he'll be much more dynamic than Kyle Van Noy uh, using more of those snaps in that role. I got Dolphins, Jets, Patriots, Bills. So if you left Friday's show and you were distraught about Miami being three points behind the, pa the Bills and two points behind the Patriots, uh, they just closed the entire gap. <laughs> Everybody's tied now with 11 points. It's going to get real interesting because we got three categories left to go. Uh, and once again, I, the Dolphins, this side of the football stacks very well for Miami. Speaking of stacks, Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. When you use your Credit Karma Money debit card, you can win daily Instant Karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot. 
and your instant karma cash will be added back into your spend account. Credit Karma Money is already giving away over $3 million in instant karma to over 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. Credit Karma Money progress starts here. Right now, visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com slash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated, member FDIC, maximum balance and transfer limits apply. So we're shifting gears over to the linebacker group. And just like we did last time, I'm going to read through. Uh, the important thing to remember for the vast majority of teams here is you're going to have two linebackers on the field more often than you're going to have three or more linebackers on the field. So You'll get three or four names for each group, but the one-two punch, and I'll include some of the hybrid guys who are also included and mentioned in the linebacker or in the defensive line groups, uh, that one-two punch is the really important thing because of how much the game is played in nickel defense right now. So for the Dolphins, Benardrick McKinney and Jerome Baker are your one-two punch. They signed Duke Riley in free agency as a potential coverage guy coming over from Philadelphia. Jalen Phillips is listed as a linebacker. I think take that with a grain of salt. He may take some of the Kyle Van Noy reps. And then obviously Andrew Van Ginkle as well. For the New England Patriots, Donta Hightower coming back from an opt-out, missing the 2020 season. Kyle Van Noy signed in free agency, hybrid guy. Jawan Bentley, inside linebacker. Uh, Josh Uche, second round pick from... University of Michigan in 2020. And of course, who could forget our good, dear friend, Raekwon McMillan? That's the core group. And then Cameron McGrone, who's coming off an ACL tear, uh, rookie out of Michigan, drafted in the fifth round. That's the core group for the New England Patriots, the Buffalo Bills, Tremaine Edmonds, and Matt Milano. You got a special teams guy in Tyler Matikavich, AJ Klein, who came over from New Orleans. Uh, that's a pretty terrific one-two punch and then the New York Jets have CJ Mosley coming back this year they signed Gerard Davis in free agency Blake Cashman a fifth round pick from 2019 and then they drafted Jamie Sherwood and Hamsan Asaladeen two former uh, safeties at the college level that are going to be they're listed on the death chart as linebackers so how do I stack these groups Knowing full well that excluding some of the hybrid guys like the Kyle Van Noyes and the Andrew Van Giggles of the world who are going to take a fair share of reps on the line of scrimmage. If you're just looking at your stack linebackers, it's tough to beat what the Buffalo Bills have with Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano. Matt Milano got a really hefty contract from the Bills. Uh, he was expected to leave in free agency based on what his perceived cost was going to be. Him coming back is a huge win for the Bills and their defense and obviously Tremaine Edmonds and his physical skill set, even though he hasn't been completely consistent yet, is uh, a looming presence when you're playing the Buffalo Bills. So I have the Buffalo Bills linebacker group knowing that that one-two punch is present. That's the top of the charts for me. 
Now, number two, Bernardrick McKinney has the potential to really shape-shift this group for Miami. Uh, he versus Donta Hightower coming back is a fascinating kind of like thumper between the tackles versus thumper between the tackles and who is going to be able to provide their team with more. Uh, C.J. Mosley is also a, a very, very good Mike linebacker. He's not quite the true thump. He's a little bit more well-rounded. But the question is, who has the second who has the best second linebacker out of that group? And for me, it's the Dolphins with Jerome Baker. Jerome Baker took a big step forward in 2020. He took the step forward in 2020 that the Dolphins were talking him up of being capable of making back in 2019. Took an extra year, took some better talent around him, took the Dolphins having players that allowed him to not just be forced to play in high traffic and play Mike and actually play out in space and be a little bit more of an aggressor and it worked out really well for him. So I have the Dolphins linebacker room right now. I, I know I didn't mention Elan and Roberts, and he's coming off an injury, so who knows when he'll be ready to go. But if the Dolphins get a healthy Bernardrick Bikini, and Jerome Baker replicates the play that he had last year, and then you have the hybrid guys in Phillips and Van Ginkle, I would take that room over what the New England Patriots have in Dante Hightower, Jawan Bentley, Kyle Van Noy, and Raquan McMillan with Josh Uche as a hybrid guy. And potentially, if you want to classify Chase Winovich as a hybrid guy, which I really don't, I think he's more of just a true hand-in-the-dirt kind of guy, uh, Uche is from that same Michigan defensive system, and he's much more of the hybrid type, played more as a stack linebacker at Michigan. I think the Dolphins have more dynamic athletes. I think the Dolphins have more depth as far as plus starters. And for that result, I put the Dolphins linebacker room at number two. I'll go with the New England Patriots at number three. And then the New York Jets, despite the fact that they have C.J. Mosley, uh, Gerard Davis has been a disappointment to this point in time. Blake Cashman doesn't really move the needle. So uh, I'm putting the Jets at four uh, back in the cellar, uh, which they're in year one of a rebuild. You know, I'm sure some Jets fan may happen across this podcast and hear me ranking their position groups dead last and everything. But you're two years behind the next closest rebuild. It's going to happen. That's inevitable. You're starting from scratch. You have a new head coach. You, you traded Jamal Adams, so you've acknowledged and embraced a rebuild and surrendered some talent in order to get more draft capital at your disposal. So um, I just think if you look at the talent on the field, the Jets are in trouble still. Uh, they got some nice pieces. They got some really nice pieces, but the units, specifically the top-to-bottom groups, is where it really stands out where the Jets are in trouble. And it's going to get worse because this secondary group for the Jets is one of the worst I've seen in recent memory, particularly the corner group. So you look at the corners and the safeties. We'll read through them as advertised. Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, Noeg Benogany, question mark? Uh, Justin Coleman, you have Nick Needham, and then in the safety room you have Javon Holland, Eric Rowe, Brandon Jones, slash Jason McCourty also appears destined for a role as a safety in this defense. Uh, For the Patriots, Stephon Gilmore, J.C. Jackson, Jonathan Jones, 
Their safeties, Devin McCourty and Adrian Phillips with Kyle Duggar, who was a second-round pick last year. They signed Jalen Mills, brought him in from uh, Philadelphia, which <laughs> Devontae Parker's probably foaming at the mouth thinking about getting out there going against Jalen Phillips again after the 2019 game against the Eagles. The Buffalo Bills, three out of their starting four are really, really good. Trey White, Jordan Boyer, Micah Hyde, Levi Wallace at CB2 hurts them. Teron Johnson and Saran Neal as contenders for the nickel group is not ideal. It was an area that Joe Marino, my co-host on the Draft Dudes and host of Locked On Bills, had identified as a hopeful upgrade spot for them. And then the Jets. You ready? You think you're ready. I don't think you are. The Jets, their corners, the corners on the Jets roster right now. Bless Juan Austin, Bryce Hall, Javelin Guidry, Corey Ballantyne, Justin Hardy, Jason Pinnock, Michael Carter, Lamar Jackson, not that Lamar Jackson, Bennett Jackson, Isaiah Dunn, and Zane Lewis. That's the corner room for the New York Jets. Good luck, Robert Sala, this year. Uh, their safeties are good. With Marcus May, however, LaMarcus Joyner and Ashton Davis, a third-round pick from 2020. Let's get the obvious out of the way. The Jets are last. That corner room is problematic, to say the least. The Bills, three out of four really good in their starting core group, but the corner two and the nickel are spots that the Bills could have used a talent upgrade in and did not get it. And then I look at the Dolphins and the Patriots as the top two. The question being, Holmst has the best corner. Xavier Howard. Holmst has the second best corner. I take J.C. Jackson over Byron Jones based on the way that the two played last year. Both teams have a McCourty at safety. Devin McCourty, Jason McCourty. Javon Holland, based off his resume at the University of Oregon, is a more diverse defender than every other safety for the Patriots. Kyle Duggar, really wrong coverage. Jalen Mills, if he plays uh, safety for them, he's going to be raw, He's going to be ineffective in coverage at times. He's up and down there. Adrian Phillips, really good tackler. The coverage of heel. It's not to the same degree and versatility as what Javon Holland has. And I understand Javon Holland has not played in the NFL yet. And then Eric Rowe is one of the best tight end, man-to-man cover safeties in football. Plus Brandon Jones as a more peripheral strong safety Patrick Chung type. Patrick Chung retired this offseason. I'm going with the Dolphins secondary as number one. The Patriots at two, the Bills at three, and the Jets at four. Now, I know what you're thinking. That sounds delicious. And it's almost as delicious. And it's almost as delicious as a Bilt Bar. You're right, though. It is delicious. Uh, Bilt Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. You're talking about under 200 calories, 20-plus grams of protein, low in sugar, high in fiber, 100% chocolate, 10-plus flavors to choose from. These things are delicious. Whether you're looking for something breakfast, lunch, or dinner, you're looking for something post-workout, something to grab on the go, something quick, something keto-friendly, you name it, Built Bar is it. 
So visit BillBar.com, use promo code LOCK15 and save 15% off your next order of the world's most delicious protein bar. That's BillBar.com, promo code LOCK15 to save 15% off your next order of Built Bar. So when we started this podcast, coming off the heels of Friday, the Dolphins were in third place in the AFC East. The Bills had seven points, the Patriots had eight points, the Dolphins had 10 points, the Jets had 16 points. Through the defensive personnel, defensive line, linebacker, and secondary. This is updated quite a bit, obviously. Uh, On the day today, the Dolphins, four points. First, second, and first. The Bills and Patriots, eight points apiece. And the Jets, ten points. So, entering into the coaching window, the Dolphins' cumulatively offense and defense, 14 points. The Bills, 15 points. The Patriots, 16 points. The Jets, 26 points. How does the coaching stack up? It's a great question. The AFC East has the potential to be the most fascinating and deep one through four head coaching division in football because Bill Belichick, Sean McDermott, Brian Flores are very, very good head coaches at a minimum. And then you have Robert Sala, who's very highly regarded coming into the Jets and understanding uh, his objective is to get the Jets to be what the Dolphins were in 2019 as a team that overachieved expectations, stole a couple of wins, and got better as the year goes. Because we don't know anything about Robert Sala, he is the de facto fourth place finisher here in the coaching. How do you stack the other three? You know, you could just boil it down as elementary as possible and say, okay, how many Lombardi trophies do you have? Well, Bill Belichick's got a bunch. Nobody else does. You put him first. Well, how many playoff wins do you have? Bill Belichick's got a bunch. Sean McDermott has had playoff wins uh, and played in the AFC Championship game this past year, and the Dolphins have not had that postseason success yet. So you boil it down that way. And that's that's the way that I rank them, but that's not the motivation that I have to rank them. I, I can't in good faith rank anybody ahead of Bill Belichick, especially with, with Josh McDaniels as his offensive coordinator and the continuity that they've had for a really long time there. That's important. But continuity is the big thing for me because the Bills not only have Sean McDermott back and him leading a well-established rebuild that played in the AFC Championship game last year, but they brought back both assistants as coordinators, including Brian Dable, who was figured to be one of the hottest head coaching candidates for his work with Josh Allen this past year. They brought him back. That continuity, that proven track record and success is enough for me to completely objectively put both of those head coaching groups in front of the Miami Dolphins. Now, Brian Flores... If this co-offensive coordinator thing works and the rebuild that you've done to surround your young quarterback with a supporting cast that is tailored to him and you play with tempo and pace and you're aggressive and you push the ball down the field and it works, we'll need to revisit that conversation at the end of this season. But right now, established success and continuity are enough for me to take the aqua and orange goggles off and just say, strictly speaking, 
Bill Belichick is one of the greatest coaches to ever do it. And he's got his offense coordinator back for like the 10th straight year. How do you pick, how do you not put that in the number one spot? And for the Bills versus the Dolphins, Sean McDermott, Brian Flores, I view them both very similarly as far as their leadership styles, their qualifications, their ability to get the best out of their players. But the Bills are a little bit further ahead. He's more established there. They've had more team success, and they brought back all their coordinators. That's enough for me to put the Bills at two, Dolphins at three, Jets at four. So how do these teams stack in their entirety? You ready for this? If you haven't done the math already, buckle in, because the Bills, Dolphins, and Patriots all finished with 17 points. All three of them, 17 points. And the Jets had 30. So how do you break the ties? Well, I look at the quarterback position. And that's one of the big X factors in football. The quarterback room, if you want to call it that. Uh, The Bills, the best situation in the division. They won 13 games last year. Josh Allen played like an MVP candidate in a lot of seasons. He probably would have won that award, but he didn't last year. I have the Bills with a tiebreaker in first. The Dolphins versus the Patriots. 17 points apiece. Who takes second place? If you go off the quarterback room, I got the Dolphins. If you go off the defense, I got the Dolphins. If you go off the offense and you recognize that what the Patriots are able to hang their hats on and claim a better offensive unit than the Dolphins is because they had the best running back room in in the group. I'm not feeling too bad about it. I think top to bottom, I like this Dolphins team better than I like this Patriots team. I think you've seen what Cam Newton is. I'm a skeptic of Mac Jones. So you can roll all those things up, and you can give me the Dolphins at two over the New England Patriots, despite the fact that they all have 17 points So that, my friends, is where these two teams stand amidst each other, and that is where the Dolphins stand amidst the AFC East. It's going to be crowded. And, of course, all eyes now on New England with the rumors of Julio Jones and whether or not the Patriots are going to be able to swing him and bring him into the fray for them. Would that change things? Yes. Uh, It would certainly change my perception of the Patriots' wide receiver room and pass catchers as a whole. Um. But right as of right now, that is hearsay. It's, it's rumors. It's the whispers on the street. There's nothing imminent there at this point in time. All that's been reported is the Patriots have had internal discussions about the possibility of trading for Julio Jones. And even if you bring him in, this Patriots system is renowned for being a tough transition for a lot of wide receivers. I'm sure Julio Jones would make a perfectly fine impact. But would he be Julio Jones Or would he be a 32-year-old, very physically talented wide receiver playing in a new system for the first time in forever with a new quarterback? We'll worry about that when it comes. For now, Dolphins fans, you can rest easy knowing that amidst the AFC East landscape, the Dolphins should theoretically be able to hold their roster up against anybody's and feel as though on any given Sunday, you've got a chance to win the football game. It's going to come down to the defense 
creating explosive plays, the offense creating chunk plays, and how much of an improvement Tua Tagovailoa can make. If Tua Tagovailoa flops this year, then the Dolphins will probably finish third in the AFC East, and they'll be somewhere around 500. If Tua Tagovailoa improves upon his year last year, takes a significant step forward, that's how you get the end result from the week before last when I did the schedule prediction, and I found 12 wins on the schedule. But that is completely dependent upon Tua Tagovailoa because the rest of this roster is up to snuff with everybody else. I'm Kyle Krabs. I hope you guys enjoyed this Monday episode of Locked On Dolphins. Listen, tomorrow's Power to the Pod. It's your show, questions, hot takes, you name it. Tweet them at LockedOnFins with a PH with the hashtag Power to the Pod. Or alternatively, you can leave a podcast review on the show, and I will tackle as many as I possibly can tomorrow. I'm looking forward to it. I always enjoy hearing from you guys. So keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins. I am Kyle Krabs. Fins up. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your Monday. Let's have a great week.